Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, we're a little late, but we here. Sideline Junks presents a Thursday night throwdown with the incomparable, the undefeated, the uh, immeasurable, um, the immovable object, the irresistible force, <laughs> the man, Gilbert Brown. <laughs> hey, I love me some grave digger, man. He was my guy. That's the midnight ride. I'm the big guy, KG. Um, welcome to, as I said before, the Thursday night throwdown presented to you by the sideline junkies. Uh, first and foremost, how you feeling tonight, brother? I'm good, man. Um, waiting to see what this NFL honors thing turns out to be. Um, uh, supposed to be inducted or not inducting, but giving us the inductees for the Hall of Fame. So we're gonna try to keep our um eyes um out for that and keep our ears pointed. So if anything breaks, you'll get it breaking with us tonight. Uh, you get some breaking news if that's the case. And I am prepared for that because if it comes through, oh boy, oh boy. I know it's going to be some things to be said, but we're going to start off NBA and trade deadline. That I said NBA. I didn't say anything about NBA. Cooperate, please. <sighs> I love running the board. And we're going to have some Super Bowl trivia tonight, too. We're going to try to. So, um, NBA trade deadline. A um, lot of moves. And I'm just going to go down the list. Uh, the Warriors effectively trade James Wiseman for Gary Payton II for a reunion. Um, I'm surprised at that because I thought James Wiseman, maybe I, I felt that he didn't get enough shine and they didn't nurture him enough but that's just my opinion what did you think about wiseman with the with the warriors was it enough time or was time up <clears throat> Nah, this wasn't anything about his, his ability this was a way for them to save i think they save 111 million by moving them now as opposed to keeping them and letting them play another year with them so it was more so a, a, a not a cash dump but uh for lack of a better term a cash dump because you're still paying um stuff you're paying clay you're paying draymond and you're paying pool so say you saw some, saw some money somewhere and you're paying wiggins hmm. surprisingly i thought that they would move draymond <clears throat> around this time i thought they would have moved him and got him up out of there after that early season altercation with jordan pool um i think that they i thought that they would move him just to say hey thank you for what you did but peace out I think he's too valuable for now for the way the team is constructed. Um, maybe they can get another different piece in there to kind of supplement what he does. Then maybe you can move him. But right now, I think it would be too big of a um, gap to not have him in place. All right. Uh, next up, Rockets acquiring John Wall from the Clippers in the three-team trade. It's funny, but it's not funny. John Wall talked all that trash about uh, Houston just to wind up right back there, but he might get bought out. So there's he no might become a free agent. There's no might. They, they, they talked to him. They probably told him, we're going to trade you back to Houston. Houston will buy you out, and then you can try to go somewhere else where you want um, to try to re reinvent yourself. So that's why I see that going. Mm -hmm. I, I like that. The, the, the deal is – uh. The Houston Rockets get John Wall from the Clippers. Um, 
And it says the Brock is playing on waving them. The Clippers will receive Eric Gordon and three second round picks. And the great Grizzlies receive Luke Kennard. Uh, in addition to Wall, the Rockets will also get Danny Green. So and I think he's another candidate to get released too. There's no need for Danny Green to sit there and suffer with those those kids and not try to play for a contender. Um, get them another ring somehow, some way, or at least at least ignite playoff Danny Green for somebody's team. Okay. Uh, this one is close to your heart. Um, let's not do that. Well, let's not say that. What is your team? Yes, it's my team. I get that. Go ahead. Just get this over with. The Lakers trade Pat, the Lakers trade Pat Beverly to the Magic for Mo Bamba because he got holes calling the motherfucking Mo. Oh, sorry. So, I mean, I think it's a little disappointing that we got rid of Pat Bev because, um, you know, if we end up in the play-in game, we won't have anybody with play-in game experience who's going to celebrate, you know what I'm saying, the play-in play win um, like um, Pat Bev. So, I wish you could be sitting over here right now and see the Oh, I know you got something going on. <laughs> <laughs> I saw you. That's why I keep looking up for that look that I just got. <laughs> yeah, buddy. <laughs> she gave me this look, man. If I look away from her, she piercing, she piercing a hole right here in the side of my head. Yeah, buddy. Well, I guess she's not a Shaq West fan. Mm. I mean, mm. oh, sorry. Long went off. I can't. I, that's no silence on that. But I guess she's not a sex a, a Shaq West fan, you know. But um. Uh, Patrick Beverly and a second round pick to the Orlando Magic in uh, exchange for center Mo Bamba. Uh, next up, Kevin Durant. This and this is crazy. I didn't know Kevin. Did did, did Katie ask out of Brooklyn? Did I think they were. So he was. I think he had mentioned it before, but it wasn't like get me out of here or else because Kyrie was still there. And I think Brooklyn kind of went to him was like removing Kyrie. Do you want to go somewhere? Do you want to go somewhere? We'll trade you to your place of choice. You don't have to demand a trade. We'll just take care of you. And if that's what they did, Brooklyn just brought themselves some nice cachet when it comes to free agents in the future because it's like they took care of them. This was a sweetheart deal, and they took care of their a guy that came to them, um, probably the only one that actually was kind of loyal to him um, for the most part, barring the Achilles tear. So – I think they gave him a sweetheart deal. Say, hey, you want to go here? We'll make sure you get there. Uh, we'll do whatever it takes, and boom. What's crazy that this trade dropped at about 1 a.m. That was absolutely positively crazy to me because I roll over about 8 15, 8 20 this morning. And I'm like, wow. Kevin Durant to the sun. I said, that's not true. That didn't happen. That would be all over the TV. Oh, it was all over the TV. Oh, it was, but I just wasn't watching the right channel. I was watching uh Cartoon Network. Yeah, I don't think they dropped. I don't think they got an Adam Schefter at Cartoon Network. No. Or um Woj Bomb. Meatloaf. Say hello. Meatloaf. Say Edo. Edo. Hi. Mm. Yeah, get the binky back. You all right? I give you a cinnabon when I finish. We have Cinnabon. There, yeah, that's you. Don't go to sleep on that. 
All right. Come see me when I finish, okay? We have Cinnabon. Yeah, I pump you full of sugar and then send you right next to your mama. Um, but Kevin Durant from the Brooklyn Nets traded for uh Jay Crowder, Michael Bridges, Cam Johnson, four unprotected first round picks in 2023, 25, 27, 29, and a 2028 pick swap. And uh TJ Warren is headed to the Phoenix in the deal as well. Um and he did play good ball in Phoenix when he was there. Yeah. And Jay Crowder is reportedly on the move again as the Nets are trading him to the Milwaukee Bucks in exchange for five second round picks. Wow. So, you know, how everybody talks about the NFL being a copycat league. Mm-hmm. Well, the NBA is becoming a copycat league because now all these so called GMs are trying to do the Danny Ainge and get all these draft picks, get as much draft capital as possible. So then at the end of the, when they get to their stretch or they get in the, in the draft, they can either move up, move back, do whatever they need to do. But that's the whole key to this whole thing is now you're just trying to acquire as many picks, get enough shots at this thing that maybe if you don't hit on that kid at 12, maybe you hit the kid on 16 or you hit the kid that you're picking at 22. Um, because I think the way basketball talent is now, I think after the first three or four kids, everything else is a crapshoot. It depends on where they go and what they what role they play. So it's it's not a thing of um, you getting a guarantee because you've seen this kid for four years. Now you, you're making um, assumptions just on a kid's wingspan, their potential, and more so you're drafting potential than you are drafting for the kid's ability. So John Thompson used to always say, "Potential gets you fired." See, see, I get. It. I love it. I love it. And to be honest, that's the way I look at NBA draft. Because tell me this. In the 2000s, name me a bona fide sleeper in the second round in the 2000s. Possibly Uh, Tony Parker. Michael Redd, Manu Ginobili. Okay. Um, If you count Draymond, I I don't know if we go on that. Coming that far up, yeah, I'm, I'm talking about from the 2000s on. Because in the 90s we had them, but Michael in the 2000s, Red, uh, boom, boom, boom. Uh, it's a couple more. I mean, Nikola Nikola Jokic, um, second rounder. They're there, but they're so sporadic, and that's why I say that teams are trying to get as many bites at the apple as they possibly can. Mm, I agree. I agree. I just I don't. I'm not a. How do I say this? I'm not a fan of NBA second round picks because it seems like most of the talent is gone. Like you said, with probably maybe four picks out of the lottery. If you're four picks out of the lottery, you're picking at 19, you might get the last good guy in the first round. Everybody else. I, I think it's one through five are the guarantees. Five through 10 become the crapshoots. Um, 11 through 15, uh, most of the time you guys that played one or two years of college ball. So they – they're literally your more experienced guys. They tend to flash out more like your Tyrese Halliburton's. Uh, the kid that's in Atlanta now that um, Charlotte traded. Uh, God, his name is escaping me. But there are kids in that 10 to 15 window that do well. You know, you get your Kawhi Leonard's, um, your Paul George's, those type of guys. Now, here's my question to you. Would this, I don't want to call these draft classes weak. But with this, uh, these type of draft classes, would they 
warrant players to if they're not the one and dones or the 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 um I ain't gonna say flash in the pants, but they're not the guys. Would that want a another player to stay four years of college, no, three years no, of college? No, no, you can't. I mean, the, the 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 scouting rule is the longer you stay in school, the worse basketball player you are because a they pick apart your game and they mm-hmm. don't look looking at your potential because they don't have enough time enough of a window with you to um have you in their building. You know, you're coming out now like 22, 23, um, depending on. If you uh redshirted in high school or whatever, now you got issues, you know what I'm saying? Because now you're too, you're older and more likely you're the guy that's going either late first or in the second round because this they don't see the potential in you that they have for this kid that spent one year in college and played kind of dynamite basketball or played in the G League. You know, they love those kids. They don't love the kid that's staying in school. And I think that's like the most backwards, idiotic logic you could ever – ever come up with and hey uh kendra uh uh, kendra tracy hey how you doing um streaming's going well um we 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 just doing it big out here doing it real big and hope you having a good night um and enjoying everything welcome to the show please like subscribe you can follow us on youtube twitch everything we be doing some gaming on twitch too we gotta get back to it though but i appreciate your comment um when you got a bona fide star in the league. I'm sorry, in college that stayed three years. And they were either all American, all conference, anything, but they were all everything. And this guy can play, but he has evolved his game to the point where he was a little, he was raw at freshman year. Sophomore year, you saw the trend upwards. Junior year, he broke out. Like, that's a guy that I want to draft right there because he worked on his game to get better. So then, you're you're trying to find a balance between a kid like um, Grayson Allen and D, D. Vincenzo from Villanova. That's on the good end of the spectrum. And then you got to come back to the kids like um, uh, what's the uh, guys like Kispert, guys like Johnny Davis. I mean, good God, I saw Johnny Davis the other night. I think it was Tuesday night when we were on, and he doesn't look like an NBA player right now. Um, and I think the beauty with the young guys, they have a big enough window where their first four years is pretty much their college years. Yeah. I mean, think about a kid like Markel Fultz. I mean, if you ask somebody two years ago, Markel Fultz was a bust. Now he's starting to put things together. He's starting to get his body back together. You know, I mean, this game is the – I mean, what's the kid – Um. From Florida State, that's in Orlando, Isaacs or something. Yeah, Isaacs. Yeah, he just came back off the knee injury. Yeah, so he hadn't played basketball in like six hundred days. Yeah. But because he came out at nineteen and had that two years of injury, he's what 23, 24? Mm-hmm. That's like drafting a senior in high school. I mean, senior in college. But here's my thing: I rather than have that guy go through four years of a growing pain or three years of a growing pain, why not have him go through that in college? And when he comes, you introduce him to the pro game, which he's already probably acclimated to a little bit if he's getting the runs offseason. But I don't – it makes no sense because what's, yeah, a, what's a rookie contract? A rookie contract is what, four years? And the yeah. fourth year is, a, is an option for the team? Yeah. So let's say this guy doesn't pan out in four years. He doesn't quite turn out to what you want him to be. So you don't pick up 
You, you don't re-sign him after four. Okay. You let him walk. He goes to another team and blow up Schweitz. For lack of a better term. <coughs> Excuse me. He blows up. He becomes all-star, MVP candidate. He becomes all of that. But because you took four years, you was like, ah, oh, he's not what we want, and you let him go. But if he would have stayed three years in college, you would have got that by year two. See what I'm saying? But that's still six years out, out this window. Yeah, but that's six years is- out. And then the other thing, KG, you're acting like these kids want to go to school. They don't want no parts of school. They don't want no any parts of the educational part. I mean, I remember Ben Simmons in his his um autobiography or his little documentary, and he was like he was bemoaning getting up and going to school. He was hating the fact that he had he couldn't go across campus without seeing the Ben Simmons jersey, and he wasn't getting any money for it. These kids don't. The educational portion of this isn't the same, and so they don't want to be there. I mean, a lot of these guys, even in the, when the one and done. They make sure they pass the first half of the year like you're supposed to, mm-hmm. and then you're automatically eligible for the second half, and most of them don't go to class and all that stuff. Simmons did that a bunch. And see, that's the problem that I have because you may be winning at the game of basketball, but you're losing at the game of life. KG, you get drafted first or second. You go four years. Say you blow a knee up. Worst case scenario. Get something you can't come back, almost the Sean Livingston type of thing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You don't get to come back to the Sean Livingston has, but you got enough money, you can go back to school. You can figure the school part out. Yeah, but the thing is, if you do it right the first time, you don't have to come back and do it again. That's what my grandmother always told but me. They don't want to do it. You, you that's the problem, and that's you're, you're all you're, you're you know what you're doing. You're shaking your fist at the cloud right now. <laughs> but that's, that's a problem because no, it's not because it's not it, their world. This is the thing. You talking like a dad because it is <laughs> right. You gotta have something to fall back on. Basketball is not gonna always be there. Football is not gonna always be there. Baseball is not always gonna be there. Even if you go take broadcast classes, you have something you can fall back on. You take leadership classes, you have something you can fall back on. You, you may not make it as a player, but you can make it as a coach. You can make it as a broadcaster because you know your stuff. You have to have that secondary plane. Okay. Nobody's telling these kids that anymore. They just saying, "Oh, go out there, do your thing, one and done. Go make some money." Okay. I'm I mean, that's saying. how you get the that's how you get the coolest young youngs of the world. Yeah, um, one of the coolest names in NBA history. Actually, I had my email used to be Corleone Young twenty three. <laughs> I remember Sports Illustrated did a comparison between Corleone Young and the young Corleone, a young Michael Corleone. And I I never forget it. The comparison was Corleone Young or Barry. Uh, Barry jumpers in the Meadowlands and young Michael Corleone buries bodies. <laughs> oh, wow. I was like, oh, man. And that's how I knew him. But ask me if I've ever seen him play. Have you ever seen him play? No, sir, I have not. Right. Could not tell you nothing about his game. I knew he had one of the coolest names. Everybody enjoyed him. Great high school product, but NBA product. What he, And I don't know what he's doing now, so I can't say he didn't have anything to fall back on. Don't know what he's doing. I don't have his phone number anymore, so <laughs> I can't right. say that. But um, next trade, your Lakers again. Russell Westbrook is leaving Los Angeles. Next playing destination is unclear. He got traded to Utah, but he might be bought out in Utah. Um, the Lakers got D'Angelo Russell from Minnesota and Malik Beasley. 
also Jared uh, Vanderbilt from the Jays. While Russell Westbrook, Juan Toscano Anderson, and Damian Jones, and a lightly protected 2027 Lakers first round pick will be sent to Utah. And the Jazz is sending uh, Mike Conley and Nick Nikhil Alexander Walker to Minnesota, which will also receive draft picks. Um, two things about this. Somebody said Russell Westbrook signed that deal. I think it was with the Rockets five years ago. Here we are in year five. And he's on his 15. Yep. Um, do you think, to be honest, there's a market for Russell Westbrook in the NBA? Clippers? It's five. It's three teams. I know the Clippers are the main ones that are talking about, and the Clippers kind of made some moves to kind of make that a possibility by trading. Um, and I know I'm gonna get ahead of ourselves a little bit, but by trading Reggie Jackson and moving John Wall, mm-hmm. kind of create the space to have a need for um, a guard. Okay. Number Keep two. Number two. Malik Beasley going to D'Angelo Russell going back to. LA Malik Beasley joining him and now you have Scotty Pippen Jr. Malik <laughs> in the same building playing for the same team. That's their stuff. And you got the no mind, I'm not even gonna go there. Because mm-hmm. I'm definitely not a big fan of us having D'Angelo. Didn't uh, D'Angelo Russell snitched on Nick yeah. Young, wasn't it? Yes, yes, yes. Let's get that out the way now so we don't have to revisit it again. But yes, I mean, he he's more mature. He, his game has matured. I like D'Angelo Russell, and I like the Lakers pickup. But I saw you made a post. I, th- I want to say it was last night about getting weaker on defense with D'Angelo Russell. Yeah, he's a um, turnstile. Olay defense. Oh, Olay means <laughs> you got to be in front of him. <laughs> I'm I sorry. Know. I mean, it's just it just doesn't make sense to me. Um, maybe he has a better jumper than I remember because I really haven't watched my Minnesota Timberwolves basketball this year, so I might be a little off on this game. My scouting report may not be up to date, but yeah, I'm good. Okay. I, I mean, getting rid of Russ was just because they wanted to get rid of him, um, but getting D'Angelo Russell, when I mean, you could have gotten, uh, no God, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna start that. So yeah, yeah, that's it, man. That's it. You know. Um, the Kyrie deal we took, we said on Tuesday that it hadn't, it hadn't been, uh, finalized. It's finalized. Uh, he played his first game last night, hit his first bucket. A lot of people were upset. Some people were actually happy. Um, the Lakers also, as I said, traded Pat Beverly to the Orlando magic. Um, Beverly is not, not required to report. The Nuggets received Thomas Bryan in that deal. Um, and then we got back some kid named Davion Lee. Yeah. Yeah. Davion Reed. Oh, okay. Pick. Doritos. <laughs> uh, let me see what else. The Kings traded for Kessler Edwards from the Brooklyn Nets in exchange for the draft rights to David Machinu. Um, the Spurs acquired Dwayne Deadman in a 28, 28 second round pick from the Miami Heat in exchange for cash considerations uh the wizards okay that was old wizards trading ruhachamore that was all old stuff but here's my thing we got winners and losers in this whole thing we talked about john wall possibly being bought out and you know 
going from uh, the Clippers to the Rockets, being bought out, maybe going elsewhere. I think it's a it's a a home for John Wall somewhere, and I think it's going to be <sighs> it might be Washington. Why you cover your face up? Because I I don't want to say I always say somebody's coming here. You know, it may be a free agent thing. It may they may say, hey, we bring John in, and then you'll have John, Porzingis, uh, 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 Bill. Yeah, this John ain't the, the 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 normal John. No, no, no. He, he's not going to be racing up the court ninety five miles now. He might go eighty nine ninety, but he's not going to go ninety five. You're not going to see the spin pass. But John Wall with the athletic beat. Is something special. And even though Gortat wasn't super athletic, the way he used to find Gortat off that pick and roll, it was no, I like, don't get me wrong. I'm a Bulls fan through and through. But watching the Wizards during that time and watching how John Wall would come up, set it up, and Gortat would come and set that little lazy pick and then drift, you know, to the lane. And John would always find him in stride, easy dunk. And I'm like, why can't everybody say, hey, they can't stop this. Keep doing it. Just use the bigs. Keep doing it. Pick and roll all day long. John Walsh had 25, 30 assists every night. But the reason why I say why well, I got to eat. Yeah, I get that. But here's my thing. If it's working like that, once they start collapsing down on it, that's when you give the green light to Bill and let Bill shoot. Because Bill can shoot the lights out. He can't. And I've said it for two and a half years since John Wall left. And that, what has that been, three years now? Even when John Wall was out, so he was out for a year, four years now. Bill has the green light. He has to shoot. When it was just him here and everybody else, fuck them other guys. Shoot. If you go for 60, all they need to manage is 10 points apiece, and you win. I wouldn't care if Bill scored 60 every night. Don't care. You got the green light. You're the superstar here. Act like it. Those other guys got to fall in line because they are not the caliber of player of Bradley Beal. He never did that. He did that a night here and a night there, but he didn't do it in and out every night. Like I know he can. That's what frustrates me about Bradley Beal, but putting him and John Wall back together with Kuzma, Porzingis, and uh, help me out, help me out, help me out. Who am I missing? Kuzma, Porzingis, Bill, whoa, that's it. So putting them back together like that, I think you 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 kind of you got a better Wizards team. So just um NFL honors updates, offensive player of the year, Justin Jefferson, um, defensive player of the year, Joey Bosa. Mm-hmm. And then they're showing now Ron Rivera for the salutes to service award. I'll take I'll that. Take that. <laughs> uh, uh, so who's your winner today? In terms of the NBA trades. The Lakers. What? I think the Lakers won this. I think that I'm not gonna say they won overall. The the Lakers won one winner. Um who else did I have as a winner? I had the Lakers as a winner, uh the Warriors as a winner, and the Mavericks as a winner. And people were saying, oh, the Mavericks are a loser because they got Kyrie Irving. Him and him and Luca never worked. I think and when we could talk NBA trades, I think those are my three winners right now. I think the Miami Heat were losers. 
Uh, the Brooklyn Nets were losers. And speaking of the Brooklyn Nets, here's my thing. Now, James Harden is the only star left in Brooklyn. No, he's not. He's in Philly, bud. He's in Philly. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Damn. I forgot he in Philly. That's, it's the worst big three ever assembled. Yeah, it is. It is. Yep. And in I think, they played, for ben I think they played a total of 21 ball games together as a, tri- as a trio. Mm. Damn. Damn. I'm, I'm I'm not a huge James Harden fan, so I really don't follow him. I, I I think he is overrated in my opinion. I think he's a good player, but he's overrated on a lot of people's lists. Just my thing. You know, once they stop that flopping around the three-point line, now he can't get his shot off, you can't score. You know, that was always a problem for me. But Brooklyn, okay, you lose Harden. You lose – well, I'm not going to say lose, but you trade Harden, you trade Durant, you trade Kyrie. You trade your whole big three. Now you got to depend on Ben Simmons, who's timid at best. It's not the players. It's management. And I said that the other night. It's something wrong with management. So that's why they blew it up. Management. They blew it up. Too. They blew it up because they realized that whatever <laughs> the problems were, whether it's whether it's them or not, they just wanted to get rid of this, this stench that was in the building. Maybe they are at fault in, in some of this, but now they start a brand new. And I know you you don't say that because you know a side did this and did that, and I understand that the whole way of handling the, the Kyrie thing. I get all that, but what I'm what you gotta look at is they did the one thing that you and BJ always asked the wizards to do, and that's to just hit the detonate button and blow it up. And that's exactly what they did today. They blew it up for, for a chance to figure out what their ball club is. And take the draft picks and figure out what they can become. That's all they did. But here's the thing. And that's what makes them actually a winner on this day. Is they did what they were supposed to do. They figured they got tired of being at best, maybe the fourth or fifth best team in this conference. Um, and then maybe even worse than that. And they said, you know what? Let's blow it up because they don't want to be here and let's figure out who we want to become. But here's the thing. Now the Nets have they reeled off that 11 game win streak when Kyrie came back. They made it, they, they got themselves all the way up to number two in the, in, uh, in the Eastern Conference, right? I think they were like a game and a half out of first. They faltered a little bit. But when we say blow the Wizards up, that's when the Wizards are like nine and 32. We like, just let it go, blow it up. It's a difference of blowing it up when you know the ship is already has holes in it, the engine's bad. You don't have you got holes in your sails, so you're not moving. That's nine and thirty-two. Being thirty-two and twenty-two and fifth in the East is not panic mode. That's not blow it up. Now, granted, you wanted to move Kyrie, and I'm glad you moved Kyrie because he needed to get out of that toxic situation. Right now, with everything that's going on, go back to that. See, that's the part. See, you're there. That's the detonation of that's their nine and thirty-two is the second they trade Kyrie, and you got KD on the men. You're still struggling, so why why halfway struggle? Now here's my thing. And then why, why fall into this? Because you're gonna fall no matter what. Okay. So why, why fall to eight nine? Have KD on a team where you're eight and you're eighth and ninth again, and then and then either you're out and one and done, and then well, now you you're, you're, you're sitting the there with right. now you're sitting there with a high pick, I mean a late pick, and you can't really make your team better. Okay. Let let, let me put it to you like this. If it was really about winning, it was a lot of packages that were speculated, quote unquote, 
to be available for Kyrie Irving, but you're so toxic. You decided to stick the screws to him and say, we're going to send you to, to uh, a Dallas for, for peanuts. When you could have gotten more, 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 more capital back as well as draft picks, because people were offering a lot for him, but you're like, nah, I'm not going to send him to nowhere where I think he's going to do good. Not going to send him nowhere that he wants to go because I want to stick it to him. That's a punk move. And they turn around and made up for it by trading KG and then moving much taller today. Like they took one bad move because maybe maybe that's right. They were petty in that moment, but then they corrected the petty by giving sending KG to Phoenix, which he has rumored, been rumored to say he wanted to go there. Yeah, and then you get Jay Crowder to the Bucks, who he's been speculating to go to the Bucks the whole time. So where's the problem? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe maybe it's me and it's a personal issue on my <laughs> on me. Yeah. Maybe it's a personal it's a issue. Personal right now. Okay, I'm I'm self aware to know that it's personal. Um, last but not least, before we jump off of NBA and jump into NFL news, LeBron James broke the NBA's all time scoring record uh, on Tuesday night right after our show. Uh, Kareem said some things and he congratulated them and you know he wasn't he says i'm not worried about the record you know i'm worried about my my you know social and i get what kareem is saying and the 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 things that i've seen since lebron has broken his record makes me sick to my stomach you take something historic pure and nice like this you know he broke the record oh well they lost Okay, he we're talking about this moment encapsulated in time. Then you have somebody posted LeBron shot to break the record. Everybody got their phones out. But Jordan's last shot is a bull, not a phone in sight. In 1998, everybody didn't have a phone. You brought in. Nobody was taking pictures off their Nokia um, push and talk. Exactly. And you, 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 you weren't. No, we didn't have camera phones in 98. Right. You you came in there with the with the Polaroid Instamatic cams that was a little cardboard box that had the camera in it, and you took your pictures. But to compare Jordan's last shot to win championship number six to LeBron's shot to um break the scoring record, and you diminish what LeBron did because everybody had their phone out. I think that is asinine. I think it's unfair. And really and truly, it is just like a level of hateration of epic proportions. Anything anybody can say to diminish what LeBron has done in this league, what he has done in his career, what he does in life, anything that to diminish it, it's okay. Then I'm a Jordan fan. Yes, I am. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a Jordan fan through and through. I believe Jordan is the greatest. Here's my thing. When LeBron said, well, I think I'm the greatest player of all time. Oh, man, he shouldn't have said that. What the fuck do you expect him to say? You expect him to say, well, I'm not the greatest, you know. If you don't bet on you, nobody else is going to bet on you. I made a comment on a post about it. And, well, LeBron shouldn't have said that. That was a self-centered thing. I said, dog, I feel I'm the best husband in the world. Ain't no other husband in this in this country, in this world, better than me. And you know what happens? One of my uncles walk in the room, and I'm just another guy. But I still feel like I'm the best. But I know I got somebody else that's better than me. But, you know, I'm not going to stop calling myself the best. 
If I don't bet on me, who's going to bet on me? Who's going to believe in me if I don't believe in me? Stop tearing down one legend to build up another. When you can actually build up both of them at the same time, because LeBron is good for what he did in his era. Jordan is good for what he did in his era. That whole he played against plumbers and, and, and bricklayers and stuff like that and congressmen. Let that shit go, man. Let that hurt go. Let it go and just enjoy it. Because when LeBron retires, whether it be five years, ten years from now, when he retires and you no longer get to hate on him on the court, you're going to miss that. You're going to miss being no, able to watch him play. No, you're not. Yes. You want to know how I know they're going to they're gonna miss him? You're because not. All, the, all the people that hated on Kobe, and I was one of them. I always used to hate on Kobe all the time. Loved him to death, but I always would hate on him. Because when, when the Lakers were winning, I, I, I wasn't winning anything. I was bitter because I wanted them to come to Chicago. I was bitter. Loved them to death. Off the court, I loved them to death. On the court, I couldn't stand him because I'm a Bulls fan. He's a Laker. He wasn't a Bull. I get that. But I, when he announced his retirement, I got sad. Because I was like, I don't get to watch him do what he does night in and night out. I don't get to watch him play whether he's hurt, tired, whatever. I don't get to watch that anymore. I don't get to, you know, pick at his game and stuff like that. You know, even though it was damn near flawless. People are going to be upset when LeBron retires. I'm telling you they are. See, I look at it, I think I look at it differently because I view the retirement as a passing of the torch. So, and the, the passing of the hate because somebody will now become the new person that, Everybody hates. Maybe it's going to be Nikola Jokic um, because I think he's up for like his third MVP. So at, at a certain point in time, people get tired of seeing you have success. So I don't when I when I look at it, I get what you're saying, but I also get a part of it where you know we're the we're our dads right now when they used to defend their players of their eras. You know, they're Oscar Robertsons, they're the people they grew up watching. You know, we're in, we're, we're transitioning and we transition into that and soon they we're going to be a little bit out of that um, as time goes by, because we're no longer the historians of, we're the historians of the game, but we're not the caretakers of the game. Mm. So at a certain age, you become a caretaker and, and that becomes you creating the narratives for the guys that you watch. So there's guys right now in their twenties, thirties, you know, with their narratives about LeBron and whoever the next kid is that comes up, They'll be defending LeBron's legacy the whole time while these kids are defending their guy, whoever their guy is. And that's the beauty of sports. Like, sports always transitions you to the next people. People always ask, used to ask, well, what's the league going to be like without Magic and um, Magic and Bird? Or did fine. You had Jordan. Then you've had the Kobe's and those guys. And, and you've just had and – and the game takes care of itself. That's true. I'll agree with you there. I, and I, I like that uh, that 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 title of caretaker of the game. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Um, moving on to some NFL news. <laughs> I gotta laugh at this one because uh, Brett Favre has filed three different lawsuits. Um, my my, my man is just he 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 trying to ride around and get it, but um. He filed a lawsuit against Shannon Sharp, Pat McAfee, and uh, Shad White for defamation. Um, Midnight Rider, I'm I'm not gonna spend a whole lot of time on this, but 
Yeah, because I'm not trying to get a defamation suit. <laughs> I wouldn't give a damn. You can sue me for anything you want. I ain't got shit. But uh, <laughs> is this frivolous? Like, really? I think I think it's a man trying to protect what's little bit left his legacy. Um, and I think for some reason, not for some reason, I think he just took it personal when they came at him. And I think it was funny that he picked the three, the three biggest names that came after him. Like he didn't, he didn't go anywhere else. So some of that, I think, is part of his machismo and need to be in the spotlight. Like he has a kind of, he has a little bit of that Daniel Snyder gene in him, where he he has his little moments. So that's just how I see it. Is I just saw it as something petty and something that he just did just to try to. Stay relevant for a little bit longer. I agree. And speaking of Daniel Snyder, which is a great segue. I try. Uh, he's looking for a $7 billion bid. $7 billion, That's what a B. Billion dollar bid for the Washington Commanders. Uh, and I don't mean that's 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 the whole kit and caboodle. That's not a state. That's not a percentage. That's the whole thing. $7 billion. And word on the street is Jeff Bezos. It's probably the only person, singular person, that can come up with that type of money in a snap of a finger. I mean, what is Jeff Bezos worth? Two hundred billion, two hundred forty-three billion, I believe. Something like that. Something around that. So seven billion is nothing to him when he can just go, "Huh, Amazon just made me nine billion. I'm all right." You know. But I asked a question. I can't remember who I asked it to, but I asked a question. Don't you think that's a conflict of interest with Bezos? When you got you have the NFL Thursday night on Amazon, on Amazon Prime. He is the CEO of Amazon. Um, he owns the Washington Post, which he's talking about giving up to buy the team. But, uh, you know, in the Washington Post, along with that, I think they they have radio stations as well. They own a couple of local radio stations. So from what I know of it, and um, the... The talk of Bezos and the conflict of interest, I think Bezos has said if he gets the team or whatever, um, I know he was supposed to be stepping down anyway soon from Amazon. So that would cover that avenue, per se, uh, for a small portion of that. Uh, then coming to the point of him being a single owner, I don't think many people are going to try to buy this as one person. You're going to start having these groups come together. I mean, you already heard them talk about him and Jay-Z, but I think he's going to need somebody bigger than that to make this work. And then sometimes what happens is you get these amoebas that form where um, based on the negotiations and the price, um, one group almost engulfs another group, and that's how you get to the group. Like, that's how Snyder's group was in the beginning. Um, he ended up becoming the front man, but he wasn't necessarily the front man in the beginning, so... You know, you got that type of thing that could happen. I know you, you have what Byron, Byron Allen, Byron Allen, and they've said names the whole time. And I really think if Bezos wants this, what Bezos is not going to do is try to get in the bidding war. Mm-hmm. He's going to tell me what's the what's the top of it. Here's what I want to offer. And if if Dan wants to take it, he's going to take it. And if not, then he's going to take the next best option. But I don't see the NFL. Um, allowing this to drag on. My only concern is that it's gone kind of slow for now. So I don't know what the next part of this is. I have fears. I I, I told people before, if this, if my thoughts of this actually happening 
was like field position in the game, we would have just caught the punt, took a knee, and we'd be starting at the 20-yard line, and we in the huddle taking our first step of the drive because I don't think we're really there yet or anywhere close to um, it being the final thing. And that's just my pessimism also. But I'm not going to – until I see – like I said before, until I see the ink or I see the electronic transfer go through, uh, I'm not really going to be uh, hooping and hollering or worrying about what's happening with, with this until it's all said and done. I can agree with that because I, I read a report that said it wouldn't – nothing would be finalized until at least after the league meetings in March. So it's that's not – earliest. Yeah, that's the earliest. Right. But you still have to – get bids in and guys are putting groups together and everything like you said. So it's a lot that goes into that, but I think it would be behoove them to have it done before the draft, but it may not, it may not happen until after the draft. So it's, it's so much, but we still got coaching a coaching vacancy on the staff and Eric B enemy is I've heard is the top uh, candidate for the OC job. So that's still Ron hasn't made a decision on that yet. Um, as well as Taylor Heineke says he wants to come back to DC. Are you welcoming Taylor back? For what? Backup quarterback role. Nah. Mm. I mean, because it's, it's, it's his advantage is gone. His advantage was the fact that he knew Scott Turner's offense better than everybody else. That is true. And the man that believed him in the building. I mean, I feel like Ron Rivera is the last person to try to believe in him because in his most important game, he decided to go with Carson Wentz. He yeah. did everything in his power to get back to Carson Wentz. He probably yeah. even heard people was like, nah, I don't think you should do it. Nah, Carson can get it done. And then it, it, it fell flat in his face. It's the one decision he made this year that really messed up everything, their whole momentum. They lost momentum the second he made that decision. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I agree with that. And uh, with, with Taylor won the Cleveland game, I don't know. But the thing about it is they they look lethargic. They look like they had no hope that this quarterback could get them in and out of this ball game and make them competitive. And it showed the whole time. I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree. God, I agree. Just that so was I, see, just... I see more of a guy. And, you know, the perfect guy is a guy that you talk about in this show a lot. It's a guy like Tyrod Taylor. A guy like Tyrod Taylor would be perfect in this situation because um, he he probably knows – he's been in so many places. He knows pieces of all offenses. So if it's the enemy that comes in, maybe that's the guy. Maybe with the enemy, um, maybe you see what Chad Henney's doing because he hasn't looked bad at times he's had to play. Mm-hmm. Um, he knows the system. He can teach the system. Uh, what's my guy? Um, God, his name just popped out my head. Um, number five, he played. He only played in like six games, but he's got like a bunch of big contracts. Um, uh, uh, Chase Dane. There you go. He's another guy that played in their system. You know, all you got to do is either find a guy that played in the system. He's the primary backup. And I still think you draft a kid on day three. Um, somebody that's a project or somebody that, you know, has good numbers and has a decent arm. And maybe if in, a, in a pinch, you can use him. Because, I mean, let's think about it. Last Four to five years, this team has used three quarterbacks every season. So you can't you can't skimp on the third quarterback. It can't be Eric Fromm. I'm sorry, good God, please, <laughs> dear Jesus, no. Okay, <laughs> no Eric Fromm. <laughs> uh, 
Last but not least, NFL news. This is personal, so I want to ask you this personal question. Oh boy. Um, <clears throat> number one, are you excited about Sunday? Yeah. I mean, I, I I I think it's the fan of me hates that Phillies they representing because um they're the Eagles. The 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 football person is excited because we got the two best teams um in the league. Um I kind of gave this explanation at work and the lady didn't get it, but you'll understand. The fan of me doesn't like it. The football person loves it because we have two defenses that can create plays. We have two offenses that can make plays. And all we have to do is sit back and watch and just see where momentum takes us. Agreed. Agreed. Um, second question. What's the eats for Sunday? You know what? I don't even know. Um, I had my, I had I my even, menu already two weeks ago. I gotta be, I can't even lie to you, man. I have not done anything big for the Super Bowl probably in three, four, five years because they keep pushing it back. And like that 6 30 start with the hour halftime, I ain't as young as I used to be, man. You know, <laughs> I, 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 I fell asleep one year, it was 28 to three, and then yeah. I woke up, it was 28 28. So I figured, hey, as long as I see the end, I'm good. Yeah. You know, I get my old man nap with my drink on my stomach, you know. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. Drink you know, I don't spill nothing. I had a, uh, what was that? I think that was, was that the Super Bowl? Because normally I've done this since I was a kid. Depending on who the two teams are, I, start, I make sure I had a Super Bowl on the two different rooms. When I think I started this, I had to start this in 96. So I was about 14. When Green Bay had the ball, I was in the living room. When New England had the ball, I went in the bedroom. And I would just go back and forth. When they, when, they, when the ball switched possession, I would go back and forth. It's the only way I would watch the game. But it's now, CD, dog. yeah, now it's more along the lines of, why is this open? It's more along the lines of now I just I'll start the first half in the living room and the second half I'm going in the bedroom because I know I'm I'm going to sleep. And everybody's so happy about Rihanna. Like last year's halftime show was great. It was absolutely great. Um I saw, the, I saw it on YouTube the next day. <laughs> it was great. It wasn't Prince in Florida and the rain great. Uh, Oh, okay. Yeah, what's going on? That's that's not Dario. Hello. Don't press that. <laughs> but it's not Prince in the in the rain. It's not Michael Jackson in '93 in the desert. But it was pretty good. I think that was a top five uh Super Bowl halftime show. Um, you didn't you didn't sit around and watch Tom Petty. That was that's one of the top five. Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers was great. That was absolutely great. Um, Madonna was good too until she fell down the steps, but I found that hilarious. But just me and nobody, not many people caught that stumble. But um, this year with Rihanna, I'm just like, eh. Like you may mention the Jay Z being part of the ownership group with Jeff Bezos, and I'm not a fan of that because I still have a moral beef 
<laughs> with Jay-Z. You know, the whole, <laughs> we got to move past Nelly, you know what I'm saying, son? You know, but what happened? God, Jay-Z, tell us what we're going to do since we're moving past Nelly. You have said nothing. I have a problem with that. They've hit behind. So the NFL does this beautiful thing of packaging things, um, giving you nice little nuggets or so there's they have I think they just reinvested another five or six million, maybe ten million in their community outreach programs and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But they all fund under nebulous names. So you really I mean, unless you're in the city and you know exactly what's going on. You really don't see the progress that they're making or whatever. It's just like I always mention stuff like this when you have big corporations doing things. It's almost like that that church that always goes to like some third world country and they're supposed to be helping them get irrigation and water. But every time, every year they go back, the water still look the same. Like it don't, it don't, it's no progress. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Um, so that's just how I see some of these things is it's all lip service. It's, it's telling you what they're doing, but when you actually look at it, they're not doing anything. Two, two, two things. I think James Brown said it best, and, and John Thompson used this song to bring in Scuttlebutt at 301 in the nation's capital every day, talking loud, ain't saying nothing. Yeah. And then, you know, if you've ever seen the movie First Kid with Sinbad, he was teaching him how to dance. He was just moving. He said, I ain't doing nothing, but it looks pretty. That's exactly what it is. Well, I mean, I'm not doing that, but it looks pretty. I mean, they got allegations now because they've been doing uh, some fact checking on some charities from the guys that were Walter Payton Man of the Years, and this conversation that Russell's um, Russell Wilson's people have had some financial improprieties where only like twenty seven percent of the donations or the money from the charity is actually going to the people, and they spend a lot of their money in the salaries and things of that nature. But you always got to be careful with that because sometimes guys will put their name on something, but the people they get to run it are the people that, you know, are are doing the, the shade, not them. They're not, they're probably not even looking at the books. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm and I get that. I just, that's my moral beef with Jay-Z because I think, is he influential now? He's way more influential now than he was in the past. And we watch Jay Z grow, you know. Right. We watch him. We 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 old enough to remember him with Jazzo, right? We old enough to remember that he was the hype man for Big Daddy Kane. We we old enough to remember that. So to see him come from that to what he is now, it's great. It's a blessing. I'm not taking any of that from him. My moral beef, and I've said it several times when he made that statement about we have to move past kneeling. Okay, what are we moving to? What are we moving to to get our point across, to get our voice heard? And it's crickets. Oh, well, you're going to do halftime shows. You're, you're, you're in charge of music now. And I said it then and I'll say it now. When he made that statement, I feel like he took the legs from underneath the movement. You took the legs from it because it was on a national stage. You had uh, this is when the Rams were still in St. Louis after Michael Brown uh, was murdered. That the players came out with hands up, don't shoot, and they walked out with their hands up. You had it on a national stage and you put it in everybody's face. Now it's like you may see a sliver of it here and there. It's like, okay, roll it away, go put it somewhere else, but don't put it on front street no more. But is that is that really um 
Is that really part of Jay Z's fault? No, that, no, 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 no. And I, I don't. The fault is not the right word. So what I mean to say is, like, the world we live in is a very microwave world. So we'll be considered serious and conscious of it, or as they like to say, we'll be woke for the moment. But once you, once that has run its course, you're 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 back to being blind about it. Yeah, it's on to the next headline. Right. Yeah. So that's 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 that that's the also the 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 thing that makes it difficult at times is just yeah the moment is cool and that's the part I was talking about like all these trying to change the names of these buildings and all this and taking this person's name off the building what's that do? And that's my that's my point. You 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 wake up to it and you be quote unquote woke and and you know this woke society. Well, here's the thing. Everybody makes being woke a problem but you'll wake up you'll see the problems you'll address them and then you'll go back to sleep and you'll let them lull you back to sleep with something else like i got a philosophy when something's going on and then it's a big news story that breaks and it's just dumb and it has no no relevance of anything i'm like what are they trying to distract us from right that's the oh, first my thing favorite I one. my favorite one was the ice bucket challenge what are they trying to distract distract us from that's how I feel every time. And maybe, you know, people have called me fake woke and, oh, you ho-tapping and this, that, and other. No, I've lived this life since I was 16. You know, this is no fake. This is no front. This is me. Like, I'm way worse off air than I am on it. I'm way worse. <laughs> my, 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 my philosophies and what I read and what I, man, if you could ask BJ the stuff that I say to him and the stuff that I send to him, I know I got a file down there at FBI. CIA got a file on me. I know they do because of the stuff that I send and I say. My FBI agent probably be like, bro, why did you say that? Like, I just want to text him and just like, shut up. Just shut up. Uh, that sounds like my guardian angel. <laughs> my FBI agent gets frustrated with me from time to time because I'll be saying something and all of a sudden the phone goes dead. I'm like, oh, okay. Maybe he said I ain't. Maybe he's telling me don't say that. Just shut up. Okay. And I just change the subject when I call back. But my thing is, my whole point of this whole rant, we were talking about being excited for Sunday. Right. I'm actually excited for Sunday. I don't know why. Maybe it's because it's just football. It's the Super Bowl. Um, my, 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 huh? That's the beautiful storyline of two black quarterbacks. That That is true. And people are trying. People are mad about that. And I love it when they're mad. I love the taste of your teas. Um, but I got my, I got my, uh, my menu already set. I got to put my order in early so I can pick it up around about 545. I'm going to, I told the kids, I said, we're going to order Lido's. I said, we're going to order Lido's. Um, get, a you know, two, three pizzas. That way we got enough to last of the game. Some wings, you know, just trying to do a big. And then I said, damn, but All-Star weekend, next weekend. I said, well, next weekend we're going to cook. I'm just going to get some, some wings and things and just cook wings and toss some wings and some barbecue sauce or something. But two, this is the best time of the year because, like I said, you got Royal Rumble, which was last week. Mm -hmm. You have um, the Pro Bowl. Well, it was week before last, Royal Rumble. The Pro Bowl the following week. The Super Bowl this week. NBA All-Star Weekend next weekend. I think they're, going, they're trying to get us, KG. What do you mean? So so right now we're on coach of the year. Brian Dayball just won that. 
Um, rookie of the year defense, of course, was um, Sauce Gardner. Mm-hmm. O- offense was Garrett Wilson. And we're, what, about an hour in the show. So probably the Hall of Fame people aren't coming on until about 10, 1030. I'm going to say 1030 because um, they like to put it at the end of the show and do whatever. But I would say man your Twitters to see if anything drops. I don't know hmm. if everybody's going to be able to hold on to this info. Well, I'll say this now. If a certain somebody makes it, oh, I'm going off on Twitter. You better follow me, please. Well, I already follow you, so just tag me. We oh, good to go. We good to go. Believe me. I'm going in, so. um, We're going to go ahead and get up out of here. Uh, I will. I'll give you one Super Bowl trivia question before we wrap it up. See if you can All get right, it. All right, let's just do this. If I get it right, we'll go until I get it wrong. But I'll, it'll probably just be one, but let's see what we got. <laughs> All right. First running back to win in uh to win Super Bowl MVP. Is it the um no that's Joe's Dorset? Who is it? The late great Franco Hurst. Ah, uh, I was in the right era, just yeah, wrong running back. Yep. Cause I knew it wasn't the early ones. Right. Now here's a here's a bonus for you. Not even a trip. It's not even a. It's just a fact. If Dwayne Thomas, former running back who wore 33 before Dorsett of the Cowboys, if he would have had a better relationship with the media, he didn't talk to the media that whole entire season. Didn't really say much to anybody. He had such a great game in Super Bowl six. That was the. Uh, Dolphins versus the Cowboys, 24-3. First time that the uh, NFL team did not score a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Um, and only happened one one time since then. But um, he had such a good game that he was up for MVP. But the writers wouldn't give him MVP, and they gave it to uh, Roger Staubach. But, well, also the climbing at that time, too. Well, yeah. But because he was so malcontent, as they called it. Mm-hmm. Because he wouldn't talk, but he had his reasons for not talking. So that right there is one of the screw jobs of the NFL Super Bowl MVP race. So, um, final thoughts before we go. Um, just excited to see who they decide on. Um, uh, I think this is definitely a Revis. Revis is definitely in. I think Joe Thomas is definitely in. Um, I think there's like another person that I'm not thinking of off the top of my head that's definite. And then the rest of the class kind of come down to, um, to some handshakes and Terrell Davis still doesn't belong in the hall of fame, even though he got in there because he got John Elway a ring, but we won't talk about that. Two rings. Still. All right. That's off season right there, but we'll get to that. That's why I stopped myself. Of course. Cause I was about to go into it, but <laughs> that's the midnight rider up oh, wrong side again. That's the midnight rider. Right. I'm the big guy, KG. Right. We don't do no overtime. We are out of here.